Good morning. Welcome to our daily podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor here at the church. And we're going to look at Psalm 40 and then say a prayer. And then we'll see if we can think some deep and true thoughts about God and his word and our life here at the beginning of our Friday. Let's read and then we'll pray. I'm going to read a somewhat long passage, uh, all of Psalm 40. I won't speak to the whole thing. Just read the whole thing and then we'll speak to a few things that maybe stand out and worthy of our consideration. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Happy are those who make the Lord their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after false gods. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be counted. Sacrifice an offering you do not desire, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Here I am. In the scroll of the book it is written of me, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your saving help within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Do not, O Lord, withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. For evils have encompassed me without number. My iniquities have overtaken me until I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let all those be put to shame and confusion who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Ah, ah. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and then let's consider and ponder together. Father, we ask for grace to think about this poem from David. We pray, God, that we would hear truth here, truth that would orient us. Uh, help us to think about you and life and uh, our own souls. Help us to grow, Lord, today, even as we reflect. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You too uh, sang a song uh, written right from these words, and that's probably where my first love for Psalm 40 came was as Bono loved it. I thought if it was good enough for him, good enough for me. Uh, today, I just want to highlight a couple of things here that feel really important. And and a couple of them, I, I really don't think we think about enough. So I'm just going to going to highlight rather than walk through the whole thing like we typically do. Uh, first things first, when in trouble, we must learn to wait patiently. I will admit to you that uh, that is the last thing I want to do. That is my uh, literal last instinct. I never want to wait patiently when I'm in trouble. But what the poet says is I'm in a murky, miry place, and so I've, I've learned to wait patiently before the Lord. And if you're anything like me, you, you don't do that. You, you tend to want to think or work your way out of trouble. 
But the writer not only calls us to wait patiently, the writer calls us to cry out to God from a patient place. And that's very different than crying out to God from an anxious place, from a ranting and raving place. And I'll admit I haven't mastered this technique. I tend to cry out to God sometimes in the middle of trouble from a very angsty place rather than a patient place. One of the things that the writer does is when he's in trouble, he cries out patiently expecting God to change his circumstances. He has cultivated an expectation of deliverance. See, David expects God to move. He's, he's real about where he is. His feet are in a bad place, a murky place, a miry place. But he says, God, put my feet on better footing. There was something about David's experience of God that uh, allowed him to, even from a place of trouble, expect God to move. And I think there's something really instructive here for us. I, I believe that, that in a season like the one we're facing right now, the Lord wants us to cultivate a kind of um, determined expectation, uh, an optimism. And I, I don't mean optimism in a kind of naive or childish way. I think the Lord, um, like with David, wants you and me to have an expectation that God does want to get involved in our circumstances and does actually want to and will bring change to us when we're facing darkness and trouble. And the next thing that he says that I, I want to highlight here, I think is is really, really important. I, I don't know that we can do what I just said, expect God to move, apart from a, an increased awareness of what I'm about to say. David here, on multiple occasions, speaks of God's thoughts toward us. I'm going to say that again. On, on multiple occasions in this poem, David speaks of God's thoughts toward us. Now, all of us know that we're meant to have thoughts Toward God, We're meant to think thoughts about God. We're meant to think about his truth and think about his power and think about his goodness and think about his justice. But we don't oftentimes think enough, I think, about God's considerations toward me and you. Not only does God think about us, David says he thinks about us more than we could ever quantify or imagine, that his thoughts toward me multiply, that they're exponential. And because of this, David believes that God is intimately aware of his circumstances, that he's very aware of what we need and how we struggle, that he knows the murky, miry places in your life. He knows what we're facing right now. And David asked God to intervene out of a conviction that God thinks about him. And I just want to say to you today, God is thinking about you. God is aware of what you are facing today. And we can ask him to do things on our behalf, to engage, to intervene, because he's thinking about us. But see, do you understand, if we don't think that he's thinking about us, we maybe won't have the confidence or the courage to ask him to do something. See, David says, God, your wondrous deeds have been executed on my behalf. I think one of the challenges that we face as Christians today is that we don't oftentimes recognize the things God does on our behalf. We, we think maybe he's not doing anything on our behalf. Do you know the Bible is full of instances where God intervened and people didn't know it? Think about Jesus' first miracle, the changing of the water into wine. Go back and read that story. The couple had no idea Jesus had performed a miracle. They didn't know that God had intervened on their behalf. 
And I think about my own life in light of that. And I wonder how many times did God do something for me that I just never saw it. I never recognized provision that came to me. I just took the provision for granted. Oftentimes what we do is we tend to spot the painful places in life, but we don't know maybe the places where God has saved us from pain. If we could read about our lives in a book or have theme music like we have in a movie, we would know, but we don't, so we don't know. The Bible says in the book of Job, God speaks in one way and then another, though man may not perceive it. Makes me wonder how much has God done on my behalf, on your behalf, and we just didn't know. The next thing I think the poet highlights that's worth consideration is that God seeks to give people like you and me an open ear. I love the turn of phrase there. The poet says, you give me an open ear. How would you live today if you could hear the thoughts of God, if your ears were open to hear God's thoughts toward you? I think we would be much more inclined, as the poet does in this moment, to cry out for mercy and safety. I think the poet Praying in the midst of trouble, God, give me, grant me mercy and safety, security. It's born out of an awareness that God is for him, that God is thinking about him. And so he recognizes this is a prayer that would be safe for me to pray. God wants to answer the prayer. It's my conviction that when we learn to trust, when we learn to hear the thoughts of God toward us, then I just want to say as an aside, if if you think you do hear the thoughts of God and that they're harsh thoughts, you're, you're not hearing the thoughts of God. David here gives us a, a look into the quality, the nature of the thinking of God toward humans, that his thinking toward us is, um, you are my beloved, you are my child. As Brennan Manning said, we are Abba's children. Many years ago, uh, before he passed, I was blessed to be in a graduate program with Dallas Willard, and I remember him saying in one of his lectures, wherever I am, when I am with God in his kingdom, wherever that is, is a perfectly safe place for me to be. And I wonder where today we need to hear this. Where might we be tempted now, in this moment, in the pandemic, in the uncertainty of this moment, to behave as if we are not safe? How do you, how do you act when you're not safe? What behavior comes out of you? See, there are a couple of things that make us feel unsafe. Our sin and the sins of other people. Just a few days ago on Wednesday, we talked about you know self-inflicted wounds versus enemy and adversary wounds. It's a great comfort to me that I'm invited to ask God to keep me safe from both myself and my enemies. Both can be a problem. Maybe today you're feeling unsafe or unsettled because of your own reaction, your own reactivity. Maybe today you feel unsafe because forces are at play at work or at home that are just frankly bigger than you and overwhelming. Both internal stuff and external stuff can be a real problem, can be really, really detrimental. And so this is the way the poet ends. Hear this, y'all. Hear this, please. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought of me. See, there it is again. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. What a way to end this poem. As for me, I am poor and needy. He admits his vulnerability. He's like, I don't have what it takes. And then he says, but the Lord takes thought for me. God is thinking about me. Today, I want to say to you, the Lord is thinking about you. 
And I believe that he's inviting you and me to honor the thoughts of God and ask for insight into those thoughts so that we would behave as if we are safe no matter what we face. May God bless you. May he give you what you need today to be faithful. Amen.